just declared to the world as loud as I could, f***ing Okay, guys, you're not going to believe this, but after a four-year hiatus, we are back with The Steve Show. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. I've got with me Captain Wow, a.k.a. Dan. (laughs) Wow. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I can't stop it now. Hi. (laughs) And we've got got, uh, Mr. Doddy from Summon Games. So, <laughs> I've not heard that many wows since uh, Owen Wilson was on the screen. Wow. Or more, or, or more of a Keanu Reeves, whoa. 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 Um, Kung Fu. So just to give you guys a bit of a, an introduction, you've uh, I've had Dan on the show before, if you are going to listen to our back catalogue of three other episodes. Yeah. To be fair, you, you so before, Essentially, we normally record our Dungeons and Dragons playthrough on a Wednesday night, but Reg is a bit poorly, so we thought, well, let's record a pod. And what better excuse than to, because uh, we've got Steve on, let's do another Steve show. And bringing, before we started, sorry, go on. I was going to say, I'm bringing these guys up from four years of up to date. Well, you say that. No, this is my point. This is what I'm trying to make a point of. You said, yeah, well, this is from like four years ago. I'm not sure. I think it might be older than that because when I look at the um, the feed, it shows 27th of October 2016 as the last time we recorded a Steve show. So, however, it also says 27th of October for episode two and for episode one. So I think that trans- might just be when they were updated. It was when we transferred over to NodeOD. So just to bring mm. you guys up to speed, we got rid of g.e.e.k. That's gone. That's no more. That doesn't yeah, exist. Goodness. Apart from YouTube, where it does exist and you can still see the logos, uh, we trans transitioned, transformed, transcended into NerdOD, uh, which is more of a network, more of a collaboration, more of a bringing people on uh, for funsies. Um, and then we started doing a show called NerdOD and D for Dungeons and Dragons, which I've been um, doing incredibly a lot, incredibly a lot. I'm out of yes. practice. <laughs> incredibly a lot. And Doddy. <laughs> Doddy's been our, um, our our dungeon master, um, but yeah, I was just giving a bit of background on on Dan. You've already heard of him in the um, uh, the theme park episode that we did. He's the our other co co-fan, co founder co founder of Nerd. I've only had like half a beer. This is insane. Our other co founder of Nerd O D. Uh, so he's joined us along the line uh, along for the ride. Um, but yeah, we've got Doddy, uh, a lifelong friend of mine. Used to go to school with him. Um, yep. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had many a crazy night out where I, I had no idea how I made it back. Uh, Doddy, incidentally, was the um, uh, the first person to um, witness my dad hearing me swear for the first time. I was getting carried home oh. my 18th birthday party um, after having a few a few drinks I had um, uh, my dad was on over one arm uh, Doddy was on the other arm they were both carrying me home and for just absolutely no no reason whatsoever I just declared to the world as loud as I could fucking twat uh, Doddy was there <laughs> yeah to which my dad replied to Doddy I didn't know he swore <laughs> yeah 
it was a fair walk as well. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, from sort of, well, I'm not going to go into it. Was, it was a good two-odd mile. Two miles, easy. Uh, but yeah, Doddy, uh, Doddy has gone down the route of, and actually he used to do this in his younger days as well, uh, of, of, of uh, role-playing games, board games, all that kind of stuff that I've always been interested in, um, but, but never really got a proper foot in other than of course things like monopoly uh, more recently i played ticket to ride and thought i was well good um and and um claire right. used to have, um um uh what's it called uh settlers of Catan. um oh. doddy introduced me one to- of my favorite games Settlers of Catan. but doddy oh. Introduced me to loads of other like different games. Like you know, I remember once we played a Star Trek game. It was insane. Uh, uh, and you know, we'll we'll get to it later. But that that fucking that 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 jelly bean game or, or gingerbread game was. <laughs> I found it. It's on my Instagram feed. So it's on it's on Doddy Masters feed, not Summon Games. I was like, well, why have I put it here? And I was like, oh, because when we played it, I didn't have Summon Games running alongside it because I didn't know where Summon Game was going at the point. Well, Summon Games, I'm going to give you a chance to talk about this. Now, Summon Games is, is your, your most recent project, right, that you're involved with as we speak. Uh, so give us a bit of background. What is it? When did it start? How does it work? What's the plan? Oh, the, the original plan for Summon Games was uh, when I fell ill eight-odd eight so years ago. Um, the, the plan was to go through crowdfunding to get a, a FLG or friendly local gaming store and open up so people could come in play games buy games and that that was the original plan with summon games and it didn't happen it was the first time in a crowdfunder um there was a lot of questions as to my experience um and i delivered I, i've got sales and whatnot i could sell ice to an eskimo but it just didn't take off so i took a back seat on it for a while and then oh, when was it um i was cheeky uh last about a year ago um spoke to a company called flying horse duck and said if you wish to have some of your products reviewed um, I'm, I'm more than willing to help you out and they said sure they sent me a uh, a life counter and a d60 Oh, wow. So, yeah, so you, you've come familiar with the dice played D&D, a 60-sided dice. I can say for people listening, you don't have a fucking clue what's going on right now. That is yeah. a, a dice. A 60-sided dice? Yeah. How on earth does that exist? Can can you also, I mean, the equivalent of can you use it in a sentence if we were um, playing Scrabble right now? Could, could, can, can you give us a, a, a real-world example of when you would need... 60 variables 60 variables uh i give them out over the the review and the video um there's various magical items in D, and one i'm still creating to try and keep it balanced but also have it as a chaotic weapon is uh and it is referred to as a wand of wonder where it can do pretty much anything and you have no control over it, so it'll either affect the person you're pointing at or you. All right, and from this what- is the first bit doing it. So it could it could cast 
well, I, I first introduced this in a, a second edition game that I played, and someone cast it on me because I gave them my stuff because I was suffering from lycanthropy, and they cast. The idea was to cast um, reduce on me. However, it backfired and cast enlarge when I was in werewolf form. So yeah, I became a giant werewolf trying to kill people. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> A, a, a fact that people might not know about Dan, uh, if you've come from the Nerd OD podcast, um, is is Dan is our, our resident mathematician. Um, <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that, and then that <laughs> went that went to a place I was not expecting, nor is accurate. But carry on. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I'm guessing that people are going to be listening to this, being like, "Why was sixty sided dice? Why not just have you know three twenty sided dice?" And well, I'm just- you do have. Well, no, because then you're only going from three up to sixty, aren't you? That's and also, I'm guessing it would be less likely to roll a lower or a higher number if you've got three dice. Whereas with a sixty-sided dice, the 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 chances and the the randomness is is completely equal. It's one in sixty. Yeah, I, I've just googled it, and it's an absolute monstrosity. It 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 it's if if it was anything more than sixty, it would just be a ball. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the size of it's a, it's a bit bigger than a golf ball. Yeah, and I get that when you when you roll a dice, it's very obvious what number is on the top. Yeah, yes. I feel that yeah, it's got to be pretty difficult to to be like, oh, that stopped on the forty eight. No, it's pretty clear. It's still okay. still remains clear. <laughs> okay. Also, I, mean, I suppose <laughs> it is big, but go on. Do you do anything with like the weighting of it? Because I know with 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 normal dice, there's 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 rules to do with weights, right? And how how a dice is weighted. Mm-hmm. Like I I feel like it's not it's not as easy as to just be like I'm just going to make a sixty sided shape and and label the, the 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 edges. Oh, that one's um, they they did explain the process, but it's made out of it's it's metal. Oh wow. So, I, I that's in the, in the video where I'm reviewing it and holding it. I'm just like, I, I, you hear me laughing and my voice is shaking because I don't want to drop it because I'm a table's glass. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, so just going back to the the, the, the initial idea that you had, because I remember working with you a bit on, on, on the, well, just chatting to you about the idea when, when you were looking at getting retail locations and stuff. And I think, you know, it's probably a blessing in disguise that you didn't end up getting that retail location in the end, considering what's happened. Um, yeah. In case you haven't noticed in the last four years, we had a pandemic pandemic hit us in March. Um, so in the last um, four years, it, does, it has felt like four years. Yeah, Give an update as to what's changed and one of them is the fact that we're all, uh, locked in our little houses um so uh, quick question that i had for you and for dan actually because i remember dan you know we we've talked before in the past about about retail locations and stuff specifically with with you know in the same kind of breadth of 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 having a location to go and game and to be a sort of geek shop whilst at the same time having a space to podcast and stuff um obviously that would be almost impossible to set up around this time what do you think the 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 um the progression of that is the 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 sort of the online equivalent of okay i can't get a retail space because either money or 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 opportunity what's the next step what does it look like now 
everything's everything's online there's stores when you when you said like um i'm probably in a good position where i didn't get the shop actually the board game sales are through the roof uh, i'm looking through facebook and there's companies just to name one of them uh Leodis games um and the gents doing pretty pretty damn fine yeah yeah he has a physical shop and he sells stuff online and every day he does a stock viewing. So he walks around his stock room and on the shop floor and says, this is what's new, this is what I've got. And he keeps people informed as to that I'm still open, there's still stock available. And talking to the board game community, board games haven't stopped being sold. They've, they've become more of a huge thing. And this is kind of why I wanted to bring this up, because I think the more that we're getting pushed together in houses of, of, of being forced to spend, you know, more time with our friends and family um, in enclosed spaces, the, 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 the board game market would probably shoot up. But I guess what I'm curious about is what does what does that look like? I know, you know, the answer to everything at the moment is 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 Facebook pages is having a Facebook page for your for your pet shop for your photography business. I'm just talking from stuff that I know about. But is that is that the is that the progression of having like, you know, a, a retail space like uh, not like Forbidden Planet, you have like a, a Facebook space where you can organize events and stuff, as well as sell? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the idea. Uh, people are just using any social media as a launching platform, saying we haven't we're having this event. Um, I was involved in well, I was I was there for the uh, UK Games Exposition the virtual um, event for the whole weekend because I, I booked it off and I couldn't cancel it, so I sat on my PC. And I didn't know what I was doing. It was the first time they've done it online. Um, and I joined in uh, through uh, Discord. Uh, I played a role-playing game, which was amazing. I can't remember its name. I'll find it on my phone and let you know. Uh, but they were also linked to a website called Tabletopia, where you can actually play board games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the trick, isn't it? Is is, is online? I, I, recently, uh, as, especially since since lockdown, uh, I've joined you know an app where people just go and essentially FaceTime in a in a group and and chat and, and talk and stuff. And you know, in in that space, I've managed to play some games, uh, board games, card games that I haven't had time to play with my you know like real life friends that I'd normally meet up with. Like for example, the uh, Obama Llama game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that over over text, and then I caught up with uh, with Claire and her sister Jen, and they were playing. Uh, I know we talked about it at the start of the episode, uh, but you could uh, Settlers. There's a a board a, a a board game equivalent of Settlers that you can play online for free on the Haribo web. I think it, uh, Haribo Hasbro. Hasbro. Yeah, Hasbro. Hasbro web. I think it's Hasbro. Um, or it is. It is Hasbro. Speaking of Hasbro. Um, Right, there's a there was a an old game, uh, Hero Quest. Oh yes, I yeah, they they've just launched uh, the brand new Hero Quest. Didn't, wasn't Hero Quest on the Amstrad? Sure. Yeah. It was. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, that role play game I was playing was uh, Inner Demons. Right. That was brilliant. 
But that's the way forward then, right? It is, and for me a stickler, but it isn't. I don't. I, I prefer people to be around a table, especially mm. with some of the games. Uh, there's games where it's, as I was discussed, discussed before, there's uh, games with betrayal elements to it, and you need to look at someone's face and see if they're lying or not. Yeah, like 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 poker, but more geeky and with dice. I'm guessing. Yeah, I think it's worse than poker because. It, you actually don't sit there being moody with your glasses on. You you actually get in each other's face pretty much, and you're just like, no, it's you. You built that barricade there for no reason, and you could have shot that zombie right over there. Why? Why? Why, why didn't you help me? You know, it's like, what's, yeah. what's interesting talking about that is, is <laughs> so I don't know whether I told you that, that a couple of years ago I played a, a game with some friends that I when I worked at Apple, they brought uh, this game around to my house and it was to do with ghosts. Um, either we were ghosts and we were haunting the place or the or the, the, the board was haunted. But the, the aim of the game wasn't to beat each other. It was to beat the game as a collective so that you were playing against the game and the game was playing against you. And that, that isn't that kind of the same thing with that Star Trek game that we played as well, in the sense that you weren't, we weren't trying to to battle each other. We well, were that's just... the same as Dungeons and Dragons, really. You know, like if you're taking it right the way back to to an original game like that, you you're, you're all teaming together. You know, the only person you're up against is the dungeon master, and I don't. Uh, maybe it's just me. I don't consider the dungeon master as as a character, he is everyone. He is just facilitating the game, right? Yeah, yeah. but he does have his own intentions, though, right? I mean, I think Doddy's been been kind to us over the last couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, fair um, I, I am, I am going to change my dice. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but the reason why I brought that up, Dan, is because like if, if people are listening and their 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 background to board games is like Monopoly, Snakes and Ladders, and stuff, the 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 the, the the whole idea of of you being against the board game and not being against the players you're playing with, I think, is is potentially a new concept. Mm. And I'm wondering how many other board games, like Doddy, I know that you've got a stack of board games at home. How how what do you reckon the split is of of games where you compete with each other versus games where you compete with the game? Uh, more competing than cooperative. Really? Yeah. Is that not just because of what your preference is, though, when you're buying games? I go by what the game sounds like and covers, to be honest. I would uh, expect there to be more standard, traditional, you know, you're up against other players. Yeah. yeah there are... There's, there's games where there's... Take uh, Twilight Imperium, uh, the new fourth edition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't go out. Don't go out and buy it because it's a very expensive game. Unless you get someone else and play their copy, because when, you're when gonna you, waste uh, at least ten hours playing it. When you say very expensive, hundred and twenty quid. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it, but it's a ten-hour game for your very first playthrough. Wow, is that one that you have to like leave on the table overnight, like you used to put your Sega yeah. Master System on pause? Yeah, you could do. Yeah, it's it's you. You can follow the rule book, and it gives you how to set the tiles out of the space line. And the idea is the galaxies 
leaders that were on a planet called Mechatol Rex have gone, and it's basically get to Mechatol Rex and start getting the new order in place. There's trading in it, there's research, there's uh, exploitation, there's alliances. there's oh, how many races? I think there's about fifteen races in the core set. So it's not a game that you bring someone new into the world of board games to straight away. I'm guessing free tonight. Yeah, yeah. I should I should have a couple of hours. Uh, yeah, no. You need ten. You need ten. Sorry. <laughs> Let me go back to the Monopoly point. Right. <laughs> if you're, I'm. I used to love Monopoly, but it became a board game of arguments. Yeah. So I, I don't see the point in that anymore. If you're worried about stepping into the board game world, I would recommend you go for Settlers Settlers of Catan. Good shout. Or Machi Koro. Or, or Takenoko. Those, those three games will ease you into the world of board gaming. So why, why, why not? Because... Uh... Pretty much every board, every comic book shop I go into lately uh, is highlighting two board games right now. The the different the different themes of Monopoly are all over the show, uh, and uh, Ticket to Ride. <sighs> Ticket to Ride. <laughs> I'd, I'd agree in that 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 is that seems to be, you know, there are certain breakthrough board games, and that seems to be one of them. Seems to be one that everyone's either yeah. got or has played. Ticket to Ride is a crazy game of it's not a push your luck sort of game it's you've got to take a chance yeah that's what i'm saying there's a bit of gambling there's a bit of um uh, as, as well as like attempting to try and fuck over the other players by being a dick sometimes yeah also- yeah you've got to get that rail railroad line yeah. in place on your side because it's going to screw over another player they've got to go around to yeah. where you think they're going i mean it, that's that's monopoly you know monopoly is the same sort of thing isn't it if you've got a hotel on that you know a, a, you've got a run of of uh, of hotels someone's going to land on it and they're going to have to pay a fine and that's them screwed it's all it's all about being sort of vicious and not necessarily um being nice to your other players so that i'm not surprised that a game like ticket to ride has sort of crossed over because it is a really simple concept. It's simple. It's fun. It's mm. you're limited to what you can do on a turn, but what you're doing on that turn is trying to set yourself up for multiple turns later on. And that's what that's what I kind of like about it. There's no there's no random element to it. You've just got to be focused and try and ignore what everyone else is doing. This is this is like some of my gameplay when I'm playing games. I have to ignore what say Sean is doing for instance even even oh, if he's destroying yeah even oh. if he's destroying the physical board game <laughs> and wrecking it with playing random cards i have to ignore what he's doing which could destroy everyone else's game and focus on my gameplay yeah because i have my own goal but there's always that balance isn't there of of, of staying focused on what you're doing versus hang on, he's trying to make a yellow road as well, and I need to go that way. So there is that element of being aware of what others are doing. 
I find I, I do find fascinating. I'm thinking about the, the 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 experience I've had with playing board games with Doddy and what his board game collection is versus the experience that I've had with playing board games with Dan and what Dan's collection of board games. Well, yeah, but but this is a thing. You've either got someone who's very much into into um, board games, and if anyone does follow someone games, you'll uh, you'll see you know a dozen half a dozen posts a day about um about a new a brand new board game a kickstarter board game or something that doddy's got that you you may never have heard of you know you you go a lot more sort of deep and niche i'd say than your average game player which is then me i'm i'm the sort of player that will just i'll play board games when we've got people around which obviously hasn't been for a while or when we go to centre parks or something like that, you know, we've got Cards Against Humanity, we've got Exploding Kittens, that, that sort of game. Yeah, I was talking more about the the actual the actual gameplay element, the kind of okay, when I'm sitting down to play a game with Doddy, I'm going to have to figure out how this works and put you know a lot of effort into understanding and being tactical sometimes but then when we come across some of the games that you've introduced me to dan uh they're fantastic in the sense that it's it's uh it's challenging a completely different side of your of your brain if you like maybe i i definitely haven't got anything that takes too much thought like if you've got to sit there um for half an hour before you play and have someone explain to you what it's happening how it works that's too much for me yeah well, i guess what i'm saying is like the fact that cranium for example can be in the, right. yeah. in the same category of what we're talking about that doddy does you know um, I mean? absolutely exactly but that's that's just it there's those very you know mainstream i mean it's the same with video games isn't there you've got you've got your very mainstream stuff you've got your call of duties you know and that's your monopolies yeah and then you've got peggle um, I, I don't wouldn't even say pe- I would say Peggle is like exploding kittens. That is a that is a crossover, very casual game. That's your Angry Birds of of tabletop gaming. Yeah. But then you know, exploding kittens is brilliant though. Oh, it's, it's, absolutely! It's it is absolutely brilliant, and Where I'm the- not surprised that that and Cards Against Humanity have sort of forced quite a few like imitators let's say there's a lot of games that use similar mechanics now like we got one recently there's a company called you know big potato games mm-hmm. um and they do they do some really good games don't get me wrong we've got two of theirs and they but they're they're very much a spin on cards against humanity um there's one called bucket of doom and you get given um like an, a card that's got an item on and then there are a bunch of cards that have got items on. And then the, the card that gets drawn for everyone is here is a situation you're in. How do you use your items to get out of it and not die? And then the other people say, oh, that was my favorite. That one, that's the best one they get voted on. So very, very similar. And then they have another one called Weird Things That Humans Search For. And it's basically just um, the, um, you know, Google feud. You basically, it, it gives you a, at the start of a Google search and you have to guess what you think one of the top 10 most common auto-complete uh, Google searches are. Yeah. So it's it's all very similar game mechanics. And I and I get what, I mean, these are really easy to get in. You can you can sit down with someone for five minutes, if, if that, and say, this is, this is what you do. You know, 
Whereas I've I've sat down with people to play games before where it has taken probably a third of the game the playtime just to explain how it all works. Yeah. But the crossover there, Dan, is the fact that uh, you mentioned um, uh, Cards Against Humanity versus Exploding Kittens mm. in the same in the same breath, thinking that okay, well, they're two popular games that you probably see in the same place um, yeah. display in, in Forbidden Planet. However, well, not even in Forbidden Planet. This is the thing, you know, you, you walk into W.A. Smiths or The Entertainer or Smiths Toys or something like that. But the big difference and they, they sell them there. That's that's when you know a game is really. Sort but, of done, done the business. But the big difference there between the two and what merges, I think, uh, Exploding Kittens more with the kind of games that I've seen that Doddy picks up and plays um, is is artwork. And this is another completely separate category of, you know, of, 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 of measurement, I guess. Like um, mm. Humanity, there is no artwork. It's just text on a, on a card, right? Yeah, that's so part of the charm, really, isn't it? Yeah, but with Exploding Kittens, one of the reasons why people are buying that so much isn't isn't necessarily just because of the gameplay. It's because of the fact that you already had a backing from his artwork, from the oatmeal. And and some of the the character designs on there were fantastic. And this brings me on to um, when Doddy showed me Villainous and how I instantly wanted to buy this game and play this game. Not because of the fact that it sounded interesting, but because he was showing me the graphical elements in there that just looked, you know stunning and amazing and you know that's kind of one of the things that sold it to me i still haven't bought it yet i still haven't played it i really do want to uh the fact that it's got you know the disney badge on there is is, is definitely a it's a, brilliant um yeah. when, when, when that came out when it was said there's villainous it's coming out i was like oh it, it's it could be terrible it could, it could just be awful and then i seen it being played and i was like i need this game like I've never, I've, I have like that gut feeling where like, oh, I want this game, but this was more of, I actually need this game in my collection because every villain plays completely different to each other, and it it adds so much depth to the game. I think they're on the third expansion, and I need to get them. <laughs> What's the thing, right? It's complicated as well, and it's and it's expansive. You can you the, 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 there's there's more to it. Doddy, what's your favorite game? Uh, old school, uh, the gothic game. What's that? You enter Dracula's castle and you're, you've just got to kill each other by jumping into various rooms, collecting weapons, and there's a rural element in it called Power of Adjacency where you can land next to someone and then you get to take their turn. Wait, what? Well, you can choose what they do, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you take their turn. <laughs> it, it is very, very simple for the year it came out. I think it was in 92. Really? Uh, and it is a very basic board. If you do not have the defense card against the weapon, you're dead. However, Black Letter Games has bought the rights to it, and they are doing a new kickstart for it pretty soon. I have the prototype, so you guys are welcome to come around and join us in the video. Size. Awesome. I, and they've, 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 they've done it justice they've changed a lot of the elements to it uh, I, I don't want to spoil it but it's just I'm so happy <laughs> to be involved in it <laughs> See, this is a, a route that a lot are going I know you, you know we've talked about tabletop gaming shops even things like Forbidden Planet and um, 
know, we've got a, a fairly local one called Geek Retreat, and they are sort of at places that people can gather and sit down and play these games with each other without having to get people around their houses. I don't know how that's working at the moment, yeah. but a lot of a lot of these games seem to be starting life on uh, on Kickstarter. Huge amount. Vast amount. I don't have enough money to invest in all of them. <laughs> no, uh, fair enough. But you know, if if anyone wants to send a uh, uh, a review copy of a game, you're quite open to that, I'd imagine. I have had a few. Yeah. Uh, the Gothic game was one of them. Um, wow, that's bad. Uh, Runeyold. That was a, a Viking game that arrived. Uh, sadly, I didn't get to keep that copy. I had to send it back. But the miniatures were fantastic in it. Mm. Uh, there's Beneath where you play as dwarves uh, descending into a mine, hacking down walls, finding treasure, scrolls of who is the next to be in line. The idea was you get so many scrolls and then you win the game as you are the next leader. Uh, And there's monsters in there as well, which uh, I found on my game playthrough and got killed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was great. Damn yeah, go ahead. What's your favourite board game? That might be as easy a question for someone not as 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 much of a, a board game connoisseur that Doddy is. Um, I'd throw it out there. I don't know. I I know what I enjoy playing when, like, whenever we we have people around. And again, this is. Uh, if if people are listening to this who are like tuning in because they're like oh a nice uh, in depth talk about tabletop gaming, I am the um, I'm the, the the person on this podcast who's really gonna just throw a spanner in the works with everything and just talk about like oh yeah I was playing Cards Against Humanity and exploding kittens and <laughs> nothing too in depth unfortunately. I really enjoy playing the Taskmaster board game recently. That's that's absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, you can you can say Taskmaster board game. That's fine. I think it's like when someone asks you for your favourite film, in the sense that you'll probably come out with something, but that that film that you say is probably going to be different next year or or even next month. Um, I played instead. Mine, <laughs> mine is the mine's the thing. John Carpenter is the thing. That's your favourite game, is it? Or the film? That's my favourite film. Uh, incidentally, <laughs> I've got game two comes. games. There is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got two. Uh, Who goes there? Which is based on the book, and then I have I'm backing the thing, the board game, uh, which is doing really well on Kickstarter. They've just unlocked an expansion on Kickstarter for it, which is mm. the Norwegian Outpost. Which... See, this is the only the only thing I'm I'm, fi- I'm seeing more and more that um, a lot of the stuff on Kickstarter is licensed IPs, mm. so it's like. Would the, I mean, okay, you mentioned before Exploding Kittens and how that was that was a Kickstarter, a ridiculously successful successful Kickstarter. Like, wasn't it the the highest grossing um, card game remember, of all time? Still, because it because it had the starting point of it being from the oatmeal. Yeah, but it, it's it's kind of amazing that you know it probably got all this support because of where it, it was from, because of the artwork. But the gameplay of it is is so. I mean, I was going to say unique, but I suppose it's just a spin on Uno. But it's just it's it's brilliant. It, it's such a well designed, well weighted game that it almost doesn't need that 
the uh, the sort of the oatmeal starting point. It's just yeah. fab. Um, but I see that my my sort of my my visibility on on board games does come a lot from your Doddy your Facebook page and your Twitter and your Instagram posting. Oh, this is a new game that's coming out. But I do see an awful lot of you know. Oh, here's an alien game. Here's a, a thing game. Yeah, I do get carried away. No, no, I don't mean that. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean in in the fact that these they're not necessarily they're trying to sell it on the fact that hey, look, everyone, this is a game based on something you love. Yeah, not not that's... like here is our game. Look how good it is. Look how well it plays. And I'm sure you know it, it comes down into that. But once they've sold it, they don't they don't care. It's it's about. You know that movie think. you really liked. I mean, I I nearly took a plunge on the um, the Scott Pilgrim uh, miniatures game, which um, just looked amazing. But ninety percent of what made me want to buy that was because the miniatures looked so phenomenal. But it was like it was something ridiculous, like about a hundred pounds to buy the set because of the figurines. Yeah, they do add a, a lot to it. Yeah. It was like um, the Batman one when that came out. If if you wanted everything included in the Batman yeah. Kickstarter game, you were looking at over five hundred quid. Yeah, do you want them painted? Do you not? You know, it's uh, it, I'm sure it can get expensive. And but the thing is, those miniatures, fair enough, they're little collectible figures, but they they can't really add that much to the game. They could be the best looking figurines you've ever seen, but if the gameplay is not there, what's what's the point in it? But I feel that a lot of stuff is relying on that. But I suppose that's why we live in a world where, you know, the the top 10 highest grossing films, 8 out of 10 were sequels or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there was there was a reason why I asked for everybody's favourite game. Okay. Because um, we know you. you we know it was. <laughs> <laughs> why it was suggested that we do a board game podcast on the Steve show uh, is because of that interaction that I had only once, only once uh, with uh, a board game called Candyman. Run, feel, life, Candyman or something, isn't it? Doddy. Full title for you. Is that it? It is. Yeah, run for your life, Candyman. There you go. Even I remember that. Run for your life, Candyman. Yeah. The reason why Dan remembers it, by the way, is because for a while I was going to every single comic book shop asking if they had it, and the answer, of course, was always no, because they stopped producing it fucking years ago, and um, and Doddy failed to uh, to tell me that. Um, yeah. I didn't realise until um, I got in touch, I think the company's Dagger and Smirk or something like that. Um, what they're going to release is a limited edition brand new board game of that. Because oh, there you go. in America, it is massive. Even, I mean, even at events, they'll walk in and they'll say, uh, I think the, the shout is six gingerbread men enter, one will leave. <laughs> I mean, that was the thing. And this is the, that was the game mechanic that I loved about it so much that I didn't realise could be actually a thing you know dan you know when you get board games sometimes and you have little bits of paper inside and you think oh, i'm just going to use a normal normal pen and paper don't mm-hmm. want the, the real the real thing you know what i mean yeah uh, 
Well, you kind of have to with this game um, because on these pieces of paper are little um, little gingerbread men with little squares on their appendages, and um, and if you the whole the idea of the game is to get from the start of the board to the end of the board without getting killed, and of course attacking send the image (laughs) as well as getting attacked by the board, right? And you can pick up from um, different weapons. And I was playing along, and I was like, right, okay, okay. So I've got this, I've got this weapon, I've got this sword. So I'm going to roll to try and take a, a shot at Doddy. Um, okay, so Doddy, I'm going to, I'm going to try and hit you with my sword. And um, you know, in D and D, it would be like, oh, you did six points of damage or whatever. No, with this, you take squares off, and if you take the whole, so like the arm has six squares, for example, and if you do six squares of damage to the arm, then you have every right to go over to rip that arm off that player and to keep that physical arm as a trophy. And that's what I loved about the game is the fact that you've got piled up gingerbread bits in front of you. And- <laughs> as trophies that, you know okay. because yeah. you, you've done that damage it was absolutely fantastic and well, the, well, the very first turn you played a card and i have it because i posted it on instagram and i've copied it just for this uh it was a card called airheads and on the very first turn of me moving first because you all made me uh you played uh, a card called airheads which is replace a normal attack with this card tear off their head <laughs> no save no nothing rip off the head this is a great pull for the first card it's absolutely brilliant so i had donnie's head just for the rest of the game and of course you continue on because gingerbread men can continue on with no heads because they're ginger- enough. honestly <laughs> just just i mean because you just picture in your head don't you these little characters running around the board with no arms and legs and stuff it's great loved it a lot of fun a lot of fun it sounds like it. And the thing is, you've gone on about this game for so long. The point of this is, multiple podcasts, yes. Sean has mentioned this game. Whenever whenever we start talking about uh, tabletop games, it always comes back to this. And for years, yeah, you had no idea what it was called. And then eventually, I think I think we were in Travelling Man in Manchester, and the guy, they yeah. weren't that busy, so the guy went on the computer and started looking, and he was like, Right, I think it might be this, and showed you it, and you were like, "Yes, that is the one." Uh, yeah, we can't, we haven't got it. We can't order it either. Oh, great, thanks. But um, yeah, ever since then, you you now you know what it is. You want it, yet can't have it. I'll keep my eye out. <laughs> <laughs> I would honestly, I would, I would love to play it again. I'd love to. Okay. Uh, we've talked about our best, our favourite games. What is our least favourite game? Well, mine is just anything that takes half an hour to explain. <laughs> so any of any of Doddy's games is what you're saying? No. Oh, do you know what? I do know what my favourite game is because I was I'm just about to tell a little mini story, um, and it involves playing uh, Sushi Go. That fucking game! I hate it. I don't. Why? I don't accept it. Great! It's so much fun. Doddy's it's so it's so, again, so simple though. and worth. <laughs> really well genuine rage I just yeah, love absolutely. it Sushi Go oh, have you ever played that Doddy oh, I played it once a while back I, I quite yeah. enjoyed it yeah, yeah I, I mean I really like it but um, the, the, basically I found that game because on I think it must have been 
we, we we didn't count it as a date in the end but my what should be technically my second date with shell um she used to occasionally go to this board game club uh, in an upstairs of a pub in liverpool um and i went there um to a matter and you know um played some games with some with some guys there was a guy who had a um uh, a monocle and a waistcoat he was very much into it that was that was quite an experience but um first game we played it was just like well let's just get into this easily let's start pl- by playing sushi go and we played it and like, this is great i love this but then the next game this guy turned up um and he just bought I, I have no idea what the game was called i wish i knew but he just bought this game and he wanted it for ages it cost him like 60 70 quid something like that and he was like come on i really want to play this let's play this come on and we sat down and played it, um, and he spent half an hour explaining how it worked. And <laughs> by about fifteen minutes, the amount of times after that that I must have just started repeating. Well, let's just start. Let's just play. We'll learn it as we go. Go on, let's just start playing. Go on, it's fine. We'll pick it up as we go along. Yeah. But he would carry on. So eventually, we start playing, and he's really getting into it. And I'm sort of. And you know what you said before? Dan is our mathematician, which yeah. isn't right. But this game was all about getting points. It was about building up your village and doing certain things that would, by the end of the game, you would count up what you've got and you would get all your points. So I started seeing a few was little this... ways of... Sorry, what was that? Was this Catan? No, no, definitely wasn't. Oh, no. Um, it was one I've never heard of nor seen again. Um, but it was... it was. I started seeing ways that I thought, you know what, that's, that's a, quite a good way of getting, getting points. And it might have hurt me in the short term, but by the end of it, I was cleaning up. And it got to the end, and everyone counted up. Everyone was counting up their points, and he was sat there. And he was like, "Oh yeah, I got seventy-four. And I looked at mine and go, "Oh, seventy-eight. And he was absolutely devastated that he lost this game that he just bought for seventy pounds. This person had come in and Did played he- for the first time to the point where he left immediately after. And we looked out the window and saw him just stood there on the corner and looking, looking absolutely devastated yeah. during his board game. It was brilliant. The point is, anything like that, okay, great. It was fun by the end of it, but that was just, you just got to get started and play it. Do yeah. not try and spend half an hour trying to explain how it works. Sorry, go. Did he, um, did he drop his monocle because he was so surprised? He wasn't a monocle guy, unfortunately. Uh, I wish. Uh, no. You were either playing Agricola or uh, Caverna. Both those words ring some sort of bell, but I'm pretty sure it was. It, 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 I don't know. It probably probably isn't that, but I don't know. Dan, is that your least favourite game? Um, no, because I won it. It's just anything that is like that. Anything where it just takes that that long. It depends. If you are really hardcore, I totally understand. You you don't mind spending that time the first time to work out how it all works. I thought the Star Trek game was pretty involved, but the, the what it, game? The Star Trek game that Doddy had me play. Um, but it was one of those things where again you you learn by doing, you learn by playing. Mm. And Sure, you'll agree that there are a lot of games like that where you can over-explain them. It is better to just be like, yeah, yeah. let's just play around. There was a, a gent on the the Games Expo, and he's he's been a uh, games tester and player and demonstrator 
for years and he just turned around and said the best way of doing it is set up the board have everyone sit down and go right you try and do this what what do you want to do and you go all right uh, i'm gonna go on any i need some metal so i want to go get some metal yeah and then he'll take you through it you do this but and by the third round everyone should pretty much have an idea of what's going on it's when they try and do something more complicated because here's the thing though right i remember when we went to manchester uh that game expo a couple of years ago doddy Mm. uh actually wasn't it last year Oh, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> if you can pin down a year after this year, <laughs> uh, but we we it was when uh, when yeah, play expo. Yeah, it was when I met um, Treyguard from um, Nightmare. Nightmare, fantastic. And uh, we sat down because that guy asked us to come and try his game out, and you ended up buying it. Tent uh, workers, assassins. Yeah, that was fantastic. But I, what I loved about his demo was the fact that. He, he sat us down. He gave us a little a little intro of like putting us setting the scene. It wasn't he wasn't talking about the mechanics of the game. He was like, "You're going to play this, and and this is the world that you live in, and you're going to do this and this." Like he was setting scene. He wasn't he wasn't talking about game me- game mechanics. And then he just had us start playing. And you remember straight away we were just into it. And and I can compare that to. Um, you know, gaming and other th- other formats. Like, could you imagine, like, when you first sat down with your first uh, Nintendo, for example, and someone sitting down and being like, right, you're going to play a character called Mario. He can jump, he can walk left and right, he can eat mushrooms. Some mushrooms are good, but some mushrooms are bad. Now, you can jump on these things, but not these other. Do you get what yeah. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the sort of stuff you just got to learn as you go along. I mean, video games have tutorial levels. Yeah. So, any game that can do something like that, where it's all right, you know, we play one round and that will teach you what you need to know. Something like that, I, I would say, is the way forward. Yeah, absolutely. In uh, fact, you know, we, we played... Um, uh, I've, you've got Crabs, is it called? It's another oatmeal game. We played that recently. And um, we sat down, we were about to read the instructions, sort of unfolded it, and it said... Uh, read this or watch this video I'm like oh okay so you you scan the QR code and it took you to a YouTube video which was basically an animated like three minute animation of this is how you play the game and we just sat there watched the video and it was done it was like right okay that all makes sense they're the better ones yeah absolutely that's the way <laughs> to do it that's 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 a crossover of like of, of, of old fashioned you know board game um, sort of layout versus mm. the the world or card layout that we're living in uh, that that we had versus the the modern day internet everything has a QR code kind of thing. Yeah, well, you know what? That, I mean, that's I think that's a good way forward though. The amount of games that are now doing a sort of a, a cross platform. You know, you've got your board game, but then you get out your iPad and yeah. load load it up, and it would play in conjunction with that. There's one that Reg always goes on about, Mansions of Madness, I think, is it called? Does that ring a bell, Doddy? Yep. Um, XCOM far... did it as well. Right, there you go. Yeah, and that that's that's great. That sort of stuff is... is uh, I mean, that sounds really intriguing, and it's very accessible then. Yeah. Plus oh, you've got not. something that is just... Oh, no. Is it not? <laughs> XCOM is a stressful game. Okay. Uh, you four players you take different roles as soon as you press play it's when 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 it's the app 
when you're using the app, the app lasts uh, a couple of minutes. And in that time, it, it, it's, it's carnage because it changes all the time. So it'll say, right, researcher, assign a research card to position number two. You've got three of them, and you're like, oh, number two? All oh, right, okay. And then you've got to panic, put it in number two, and you're like, okay. And then it'll go, right, person in charge of money. Are you going to take any money out of the bank? And they have to go, um, right, how much budget do I need? And they've got to pre-budget and work out how many soldiers are going to be field, put okay, on the field, so- how many satellites, and in that three four minutes of that app going it's stressful then it stops you get to do what your turn involves and then the app will tell at the end of it you go to the app and going right this is what's left on the board this how many ufos there are researchers hit this point start and then it happens it calculates and starts all over again and it's completely random the next time around Right. Is this not simply then an example of a game that's done it very badly? No. No? Okay. This is how, this is how XCOM is. It is pure carnage, and it does it so well. You've just okay. got to have someone in charge shouting at you to do stuff. <laughs> Jesus. It's brilliant. Okay. <laughs> so, Doddy. Yes. What's your least favourite game? Oh... I don't think I've come across one that is my least favourite. I'll let you have a think while I talk about what my least favourite game is. I thought it was a bit of a uh, you know a loaded question. Well, no, we've had a favourite game. A least favorite. <laughs> no, no, but more that I'm asking this because I have one that I want to talk about. Yeah, it's always good to <laughs> have an answer to. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like a dope when people say, "Well, what's yours then?" Um, yeah, mine is. Um, see, this is the thing. It's my most favorite game in the sense that I love having it on my bookshelf because it looks amazing. But the gameplay is terrible. And actually, Dan, I think you bought it for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jumanji. Oh yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Do you know the the yeah the board game version of Jumanji? is actually terrible <laughs> nothing but bad things oh so it could be so good it's an in joke maybe it's like look if you're gonna play this game you're gonna feel terrible yeah <laughs> uh, it's just yeah it's not it's not good it's a it's exactly what you say it's a nice thing to have on your shelf yeah because the the box looks like jumanji yeah uh, it's not a, a, a nice fold out thing unfortunately it is very cardboardy but it's just you know it's just the gameplay of it is is terrible. Oh, you get taking no thought by bees. Keep rolling until you roll a green. Mm-hmm. We have to roll a green, otherwise you get attacked by bees. Okay, so then yeah. you have one thirty seconds of just roll, 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 roll. That's it. Oh no, the rhino's got you. Yeah, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll absolutely. I'll. I'm. I'm well with you on that. I remember, I remember looking at the, the the instructions for it and being like, "Are we playing this right? Is this is this actually it?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you buy that for me? Yes. <laughs> no, but I'm fine with that. I I, I got given it for <laughs> for Christmas as well. Um, but fortunately, we played 
the one we gave you before I played mine. So now, uh, you know, we sort of experienced it and how bad it, was, it is that I never have to play mine. <laughs> yeah, nope. it's, it's cool to have. I was going to say, it's one of those things that I, I uh, it's prominent on my display of, of stuff. Mm. Um, Do you know, I, um, I was having a bit of a clear out a, a while back and um, I started having a look through some of my old board games and I found like I've got uh, Homer Simpson Operation. I was like, Brill, we, we were playing that. I'm digging that out, put some batteries in that. It's great. Um, and I found Star Trek The Next Generation Monopoly. Okay, but this is from about 20 years ago, at least. It was bought in America, and I remember buying it now. And a card that just says, shut up, Wesley? Uh, there isn't, oh. as far as I remember. <laughs> but I will have a look through and get back to you. Um but the thing is, I, I found it and I was like, you know, okay, I'm never, I'm, I'm, I don't like playing Monopoly anyway. I'm never going to play this. Maybe I should get rid of it, see if eBay wants it. Um, and I opened it up and started having a look. And the figures are quite cool. You know, you've got a little data and you've got a little Picard and everything. And I looked through the instructions. And the first page in the instructions says, you know, you've purchased the uh, Star Trek Next Generation Monopoly game, which represents the Alpha Quadrant. Also, there is a Deep Space Nine Monopoly, there is a Voyager Monopoly, and an original series Monopoly, and each one represents a different quadrant. So, uh-huh. if you buy all four of them, no. you can put them together and make the entire galaxy and have this ridiculously huge four, like quadruple Monopoly game. I How? didn't read any more into it. I just saw that and thought, Monopoly's got this... this uh, you know the, this tag that it is one of the most boring and long-winded games you'll ever play imagine playing it times imagine yeah four times i don't care if you absolutely like love star trek more than anything in the world i watched picard actually for the first time today incidentally and it's fab yeah it's amazing. so good but anyway carry on um yeah there's there's no way anyone ever played four-way monopoly quadruple monopoly that is just i've seen it on um uh, shout out to game grumps but i've watched them play it on switch and it looks way more entertaining playing it on switch from a nostalgic point of view i was like oh what mon- monopoly just yeah. generally yeah i was or, like oh from a nostalgic point of view it's like not quadruple monopoly i was like <laughs> i was like oh i, I quite fancy to play monopoly and then i have to shake it off my head mm. and go no i even Monopoly, even whoever it is, Parker Brothers or whatever, Hasbro, I don't know. Even they know Monopoly is boring because the amount of uh, the, the way they try and flog it by either branding it by all these different things, Monopoly. or then having all these spin-offs. Cheating Monopoly. That's... Yeah, cheating Monopoly, and, and here's one where you get uh, you have bank cards instead yeah. of money. Here's one where you know where there's no spinner and, and you just you, you, you it, it takes half the time that it would normally take. Here's Kid Monopoly. This, I'm saying this, I've got three different monopolies downstairs, all of which I really like. I've got the Scott Pilgrim Monopoly. Mm. I know, sorry, no, no I didn't think that. I was going to say I, I would have that. <laughs> Jane Silent Bob Monopoly. Yeah, I know you've got that one. Uh, and Lilo and Stitch Monopoly. Okay. See, I feel like they're almost cool things to have if you're a fan of that thing, but yeah. nothing more. 
again, it's collectible. It's like the Jumanji thing all over again. Mm. It's just yeah. having a and it's interesting to say that because I've got all these board games on display that I'll never do, I'll never play because I just like the look of them. And 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 meanwhile we've got Doddy who's got all these beautiful looking games on display, all of which he will play because he likes them. There's about well, before everything's happened, there was about three board games that hadn't come to the table yet. Uh, there's a lot more now because Kickstarter games are arriving. Mm. Um. Oh. yeah have oh. you have you invested in quite a few kickstarter games i have indeed how many times have you been let down shall we say uh and i don't mean by oh this wasn't very good but by the company promising something that they had no way of delivering two games um haven't even gone into production we don't know where they are. Okay. Everyone's kicking off. So two have let me down. One was amazing in its simplicity. It was you're building an outpost on a five by five grid. And the more buildings you placed as you're colonizing the planet, the more points you got. But then your opponents could play a tile, which is like an asteroid hitting, which gives you minus. Right. But that one never happened. It was a horror of version one. Uh, which everyone's, I think we're in six or seven years of waiting for the guy. Some people have got the game, some people got half the game. Right. Uh, there's a so game. This, 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 I feel like this is a podcast to itself where Dan rants about how frustrating and annoying and how much he dislikes Kickstarter. But this yeah. is this is like Kickstarter has improved. This is this is where it is back where people would just con you out of money and then just disappear off the face mm-hmm. of the earth. Uh, yeah, there's a game. Your cup. I wasn't even going to bring it up. I just, I, okay. I love the concept of of crowdfunding, and it it absolutely enables so many different projects that would never have got off the ground. And you know, I, I would, I would not rule out using it myself one day if I came up with something that was worthwhile. It's the only way of doing things, but. There's so much, I don't know, there is so much that over-promises and completely under-delivers um, that I don't know how there's not more sort of governing of it. Right then, let's cover one of them. Junk. Mm. Junk okay. was a Kickstarter that uh, I backed. It's a post-apocalyptic game where you're trying to keep your civilization alive. And the art, the game is very basic. There's no... There's no characters on the cards, as as per se. It's just symbols. Okay. And I found out in a gameplay, when you recruit, because I was running out of food, that if you keep recruiting, there's only so many people who can go farming for you. There's only there's a limited amount of people in the actual deck. So it is, the number of cards is very limited. If you hit an event, which causes uh, what is referred to as a chaos token. Uh, there's cards which just give it to people, everyone at once. So you're like, all right, and you can only have about three of them. So and that event gets shuffled back into the deck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so this isn't this this is more a game that was just really badly weighted. Sounded like it was going to be great, but ended up yeah, being pretty it, poor for it. The variation of cards, there's not many. The 
quickness of you could be knocked out instantly is phenomenal. It, it, it's, it's just weight it goes against you. Uh, the rules were heavy and not heavy in a way that the rules rule book was heavy. It's there's so many rules it didn't need to be this complicated. Right. And it it cost a fair bit for a box that's the size of I think of a comparison. I want to say uh, Uncle Ben's rice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's it. That, that was the whole thing. And everyone messaged going, where's the rest of the stuff? And it's like, that's it. And the tokens are the little circle, uh, like tiddlywinks. <laughs> They're the tokens for the game. And there's you can't, and some of them, if you're colorblind, but you can't see certain colours, you're not going to tell the difference between any of the colours because they're that close. Wow. Uh, that is a game off Kickstarter, a game which recently came out this year. Uh, it was Space Marine Adventures, based on the Games Workshop 40k world. Mm. Oh, God, we played it and we did a review and we were kind to it for five minutes and then we just destroyed it. It was so bad. So the idea is you're progressively going through different acts. You kill Necrons, which is awesome because each Space Marine's different. Each got different skills. The turn order is randomly determined by cards being flipped over. Necrons don't do anything. Once they spawn in, they just stand there. They don't shoot. They don't fight. They just spawn. It. That's all they did. They're just speed bumps, mm. and it, it didn't didn't deliver anything new. It was just like, oh, this is really boring. If they, if you if you had a child and you wanted to get them into Games Workshop stuff, then yes, I'd say get this game so they can be space marines and run around and go ooh. But no. <laughs> so it's this is stuff that is very much the flashy campaign really missold the yeah. game yeah see i suppose that's the problem isn't it you're buying into something before you know exactly what the the product's going to be whereas if a game gets released you've got time for there to then be reviews and to see it you know in shops and decide whether it's worth buying or not well most companies do play tests now which i'm trying to mm-hmm. be that cheeky guy of getting more games in hey, yeah don't uh, ask don't get that's, that's the way forwards if you can get someone playing your game on um, for, on YouTube so everyone can see what it's like, uh, then not only do do us as playtesters get more viewers, but the company itself will have people turn around and go, hold on, I'm going to save that project. When it's live, I'm going to give them a donation. Mm. I think we might be at time, guys. Oh, no, let's keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> enjoying that as well i mean dan honestly i think i mean i know it's been a few years but i might do one or two more of these you know i like the sound of that i like it let's see how the numbers go let's let's see let's oh don't if if you look at the numbers (laughs) (laughs) no just do it because you enjoy it sean just you know it's a nice little extra little podcast for us to have we can uh we we can alternate it with nerdo D D. Yeah. 
Well, I've got, as I say, I've got a couple of other people lined up that I want to have a chat to anyway. Um, uh, but we'll we'll see. This was good. I actually, I believe that we did, Doddy, once before, uh, try to make a Steve show podcast uh, about an actual game, uh, a D&D game. The first time I played D&D, actually. Yes. Uh, record it, but it just, it just ended up terrible, so didn't use it. All right, I'm working on a new campaign. Uh, there's people I've, I haven't picked the players yet because um, I want to do it over Twitch live stream. Nice. Get it going. I mean, send out a link. We'll uh, we'll definitely re re Facebook it or hashtag it or whatever whatever goes on nowadays. Dan's yeah, whatever whatever the kids like you know whatever <laughs> Dan's, Dan's the social guy he's he's the one that does all the sharing and stuff so yeah, definitely you wanna, it's wanna, not difficult anyone Dan, can do it ask everybody to smash that subscribe button yeah smash that like button 10,000 likes uh, it, it means 10,000 prayers yeah. uh, for all the fallen kickstarter campaigns yeah one million likes and I'll take my pants off hi bitch um, okay Wait before you finish. So, if you're gonna go buy board games, go for quick games like Dungeon Mayhem. Gotta get it. Okay. Uh, Catan, ease yourself into a game really quickly. Machikuro, uh, competitive game of buying shops. Uh, Takenoko, where you get to play as a panda running around eating bamboo. Fantastic. Go for them. You can't go around. Dungeon Mayhem's only like twelve quid. I want to play the panda game. Dungeon Mayhem. Okay. Thanks for joining us today, Doddy, and uh, thanks for the for also for joining us, Dan. You're welcome. And here's to uh, here's to many more episodes. Here's to episode six in five years. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, this is only four. Episode yeah. five still got to come. Episode six is to episode six. Okay. You at least you at least doing one more. Very well. <laughs> It very well may do. And I'm yeah. trying to sneak into more of them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good night, guys. Bye. Bye.